Cyberpunk reigns supreme. State of play recap. Okay, Chris. Hi. You are back. Um, I am back. You are back, uh, back. Terminator. And I, I still am voting very heavily that we come back with our, <laughs> from our break on midweek uh, with a Terminator 2. I, I just think it's we got to. It's Terminator 1 or 2. Honestly, I'm okay with either of them. They're both That's, fantastic movies. Yeah, you can host the first episode back, and that'll be your episode. Bang, Assuming bang. that's what we end up doing anyway. Yeah, assuming. A lot of assuming. But you know what they say about assuming. Yep. I'm too old for that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining me on episode 219? That seems like the that right answer. That sounds correct. Lucky 219? <laughs> of Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett. In case for some reason this is your first episode and you don't know me. <laughs> and I am joined by Chris, who is not normally the co-host for the majority of these 200 and some odd episodes yeah but he has been for a while he's been our fill-in staple while saul recovers from his situation um so chris again thanks for filling in and i'm excited to tell you guys that we are trying to work behind the scenes to see if we can get chris to be um either a staple third seat on the podcast every week or at least as often as we can get him um, so we'll see and let you know how that actually comes along. Not promising anything, but we're doing what we can. So, Yay. Chris. Hi. Buddy. Yes, First sir. of all, congratulations on your uh, on your promotion. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little behind-the-scenes love from me to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. The day it was my... your one shining light for the rest of the, you know what I mean? There it was, are. and then the day after I got my promotion, my kitchen is falling apart, so it's really fun oh there you go see i love that you know if anyone in the connecticut area needs a job <laughs> at figs 21k <laughs> hit your boy up all right chris well to make you feel better we can talk about games do you like games i do like games i think i like trophies more than games at this point but i do like games <laughs> honestly i think you do as well and i know yeah, that's I been like a true. continued joke at this point but just how giddy you were, and I guess we can get into the way this show's supposed to open. <laughs> what have you been playing? I know one of the answers because you were so giddy about finally getting this Mass Effect 3 Platinum Mass Effect that you 3. refused yep. to get any other Platinum until you got it so that they would all be in, all three be in a row on your yes, account. Yes, sir. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are done. Um, I was actually, like, I think I said it to you or I said it on the last show, but I was literally an afternoon away from it and i just couldn't do it <laughs> took me maybe four hours to finish it off wow yeah that that's actually surprising that you got burned out on like the final hour basically i had know? i forgot apparently because i i'm like oh this is wait there's only one more mission i'm an idiot <laughs> man that's rough yeah <laughs> i think i probably would have just powered through that day <laughs> i didn't even realize man i had mass effect 3 is mass effect 3 is long in the tooth let's say yeah i've actually heard that from a lot of people three yeah. is the only one i've not played at all i've played probably a good quarter to maybe a, a half of the first game on 360 when it launched and was in really rough shape mm. uh, and i played two and beat two that's the only one i've i've beaten um so yeah three i never played at all and then i played probably about a quarter of andromeda and well, uh you know you do have the opportunity to play them 
I do have the opportunity to play them. I don't know that I have the burning inner desire or the time. The latter is probably the more important. <laughs> yeah. So enough. did you play anything else this week? Um, well, now I'm trying to finish off my MLB 21, the show platinum. Okay, how far um, off is that, you think? I could finish it tonight when we get off if I wanted to. <laughs> mm. It's just uh, the March to October mode is not very fun. <laughs> oh, so you're just slugging through it? Yeah, it's. I've been trying to finish it since I did Mass Effect, and I just it's like an hour or two, and then I just stop playing it. See, it's like it's like you talked about. I think you like trophies more than you like games because you'll <laughs> let the lure of a trophy basically drag you through a terrible part of a game. Yeah. Now I'll tell you, I occasionally do that, but it depends on the grind. I've seen people be like, yeah, I had to grind for 20 hours, and all 20 hours of it I hated every minute. Oh, yeah. No, and I'm like, like I don't know why you'd keep playing at that point. You know, that's yeah. it's kind of where I'm like, I talked about near. I just don't want to do it because I know I'm going to. I, I can maybe last three hours, mm. a, maybe even across multiple days for a cumulative total of three hours before I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do I really want to do that? I won't say never. What I might have to do is kind of like you did with mass effect do three hours get burnt out wait two months yeah do three hours <laughs> <laughs> well, get burnt out wait two more months and then I, finally get that platinum the thing with mlb is like i don't like the mode but i like the game you know like oh, i, I know still you play love, yeah. my diamond dynasty mm -hmm. um and the other problem with this is i actually almost finished this a couple months ago when i was holding off on a different trophy and I failed the challenge like right at the end. It was like you have to win a World Series. And the difficulty had gotten too high with the dynamic difficulty. So I just lost the challenge. So I did the whole seven hour run and failed. <laughs> Ooh. So now I'm doing it again. What uh, what trophy were you holding off on? Spirit Fair? No, in this one, like I was just waiting to. There's a trophy for walking eight times in the game and I, that was going to be my last trophy because you can literally just set the CPU sliders all the way down they just you could just put the controller down so um, <laughs> but I ended so up so you were waiting for that. a trophy within the game rather than another platinum huh? yeah well I was waiting on the Mass Effect 3 platinum but for this game it was just the win the World Series in March to October yeah I know how you are with waiting on platinums you were waiting for the end of that, that competition and for the beginning of the next one to be able to pop the Spirit Fair platinum. Yeah, no, uh, Outer Worlds and Spirit Fair, yeah. Both of them, yeah, there it you was go. One, I yeah. actually forgot you got the Outer Worlds platinum, which really continues to blow my mind <laughs> from not even, I want to say not even like f four months ago, Yeah, I had a very long conversation with you about how you thought that the Outer Worlds was a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Outer Worlds got really hurt by the uh, its Fallout in space thing, in my opinion. But once I actually gave I, it the time, I think of so day, it was too. great. I mean, I think that there's things like I I get the comparison, uh, but I think that yeah, it probably would have been better off if if everybody didn't compare them. But yeah. I don't. I guess I understand how you kind of can't see them and not think to compare them a little bit. I guess uh, definitely when the developers worked on a fan favorite Fallout in the past, you know the what I mean. Second best PS3 Fallout game, yes. People I are going to look at it the, the second best PS3. <laughs> so, of the two, the worst one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what you basically just Fallout said. New Vegas is a linear game. Anyway, I'm not going to say you're wrong. You, there, it, it's 
watch a map <laughs> see this is the thing i love that I, I love fallout 3 so much that i have watched map analyses about the new vegas map and i know that that is a linear game that does not force you off the path where fallout 3 is the exact opposite fallout 3 is significantly better i think that just depends on whether you like linear or um well sure but then non-linear we're, games we're comparing different genres of video games and i mean technically fallout new vegas is still an open world if you just want to go do it but you're correct in the sense that the game does not push you off to go do and naturally kind of find other things that you can eventually either go back if to you, or break off and do them in the moment yeah, this is to me is the whole thing i can't believe we're talking about this um if you stay on the paved road in Fallout New Vegas, you will beat the game. It yeah. is a paved road that leads you through the game. Yeah, isn't there like a speed run for that game that's like 13 minutes or something? I mean, I can beat Fallout 3 in 13 minutes, so... Yes. Fair. To be, most of those games have weird end states. Kind of like how you can beat Prey from Arcane in like eight minutes. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> you have to do is go right to Rivet City and then go right to the capital. <laughs> or the, the, I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just Pretty knowing. much no one would play it that way, but you can if you so choose to. Oh, I've tried. I've gotten close. Not, not like close enough where I'm going to make the effort, but I've gotten close to the, to the speed run record on Fallout 3 that's wild like you know it makes me think of like uh did you ever play far cry 4 yes i have the platinum, okay. i think okay so you know I, I can't remember if it was a trophy or not but it was at least in the game the kind of joke ending where you can pop credits in like 20 minutes yeah, that by was just a trophy. sitting and waiting okay i thought it was um I what actually, i always thought was funny about that is like there are games that are not meant to be like they're not meant to have a joke ending that way yeah and yet they're shorter if you choose to do so yeah. than a game that had a joke ending that was supposed to be like a super qu- a quick way to get to credits. Yeah. And the funny thing about that Far Cry 4 ending is I think it's way better than the actual ending. <laughs> I I think so too. Even though I really do love Fall, uh, Far Cry 4, it's a great yeah. game. Um, but I actually think the ending is better too and it makes you view Pagan in such a different way. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a very interesting game and a very interesting choice from them to do it is so uh, what have you been playing I, brett <laughs> i have been playing scarlet nexus good um, choice and that's about it I, I play sea of thieves again uh moved to pc to play it on there so i could hit that sweet 60 frames per second just so the audience knows still no invite for me <laughs> that is actually true i need to start inviting you because the last few times we've been playing we've only had three people yeah uh the first two times by the time i joined we were already a full like i, I was the fourth yeah, yeah and that's as big as the game gets but the last two times it's just been me saw and seth um typically we found that we're playing on friday nights so if you're off on friday nights around <laughs> eight o'clock your time which seems unlikely <laughs> I'm a I'm a chef, man. I work in restaurants. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. That that put a smile on my face. Oh, dude! I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I was cracking up about something. I was telling um, one of my friends, Donovan, about us trying to work on getting you on the show, but you know, Sunday being the issue. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, Chris is going to see if he can maybe get uh, Sundays off or move around the schedule or something. He's like, I don't know, man. If I learned anything from working at La Caretta, is that Sunday is a big kitchen day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like true it is yeah. indeed so no um i mean i'll see if we play any other time but that's where i find that we end up playing it the most oh so. no, of course that's when most people play video games i just happen to play them 
at one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, this is what we could do. When you get off Saturday, yeah, hit your boy up. All right. And if nothing else, me and you will play Sea of Thieves. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, I have a friend who also plays, so we'll, we'll be. There fine. you go. Me, you, and friend of yours, pal. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'm loving Scarlet Nexus, man. Uh, yeah. It's it's really crazy. Seeing where my distaste—I I shouldn't even say that—it's a little tough. But I've kind of gotten really bored and felt like they were a generation behind with the Tales of games, like mm-hmm. the majority of last gen. And seeing that this comes from the same developer and same publisher, when I tend to view a lot most of Bandai Namco's um, RPGs as just very dated and old and n- slow. I, it's very interesting how good Scarlet Nexus is so far, and I think I also really enjoy the change of scenery to like a futuristic cityscape because so many of their games end up just doing that old fantasy look, and I think that they've just gotten to a point where most of the designs on that were starting to feel played out to me. And while mm-hmm. this game is not the most original looking thing, like the entire time I'm playing it, I actually view this as a good thing. It's making me think of Astral Chain, which is uh, the Switch exclusive from Platinum. Yeah. It's really good. And the combat's much better than anything in their other ones. I like that it's not bump into something and then have to load into like, even if it's not an actual load, but just a circle that where a monster pops up. I hate that. I like that the enemies are just there. You show yeah. up, you fight them. It feels so much more modern than anything else they've done. The combat and the the visuals and everything. It's not perfect, yeah, but I mean, it's really good. And outside of a little bit of overuse of the same areas in the early parts of the game, yeah. where like they keep making me go to Kukuchiba or whatever it's called, <laughs> yeah. then I'm really enjoying it. I'm uh, beginning of phase three right now, so I'm probably still not that far, like maybe six or seven hours into you're, it. You're farther than I am. So, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I started it and then um, I got really into State of Decay and then finished Mass Effect. So, mm. <laughs> I don't know why you just said State of <laughs> Decay, yeah. and the way you said it made me think of George Decay. <laughs> <laughs> that should be George Decay's like streaming thing, like on Twitch. It's just State of Decay. I like that. <laughs> State of Decay. <laughs> It'd be more funny if it was George Decay playing State of Decay. <laughs> that would be awesome. State of Decay rocks. I'd watch. Well, he's annoying, but I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just why not play the play the meme off of it all? Yeah, as long uh, as he does a, as long as he does everything on dread mode, at least I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna see what we're doing in the long run. I mean, we have a lot of weird plans going on. You know, we do Yu Gi Oh night, and yeah. uh, one of the guys we play with, um, Seth. We is were George talking Decay? about no, <laughs> but we were talking about um, how much fun we used to have, like when we were younger, playing Dungeon Dice Monsters, which is like a very specific Yu-Gi-Oh sub game. Yeah, and so we were talking about how reasonably it would like I we can recreate the board, I can get that handled, and then we bought these like I've ordered everything. We bought blank die that I can etch laser etch the symbols into so we can have the die that work Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to order little um, paper miniature disc where you can like put little paper figurines in cool and we're going to print card art and basically recreate that and every now and then on Yu-Gi-Oh nights just play that instead nice and uh, it's gonna be good times sounds like fun sounds like fun Uh, but 
that's about it. So we're going to go ahead and move in. Sadly, guys, I'll tell you, this is all my fault. Uh, I did a bunch of plumbing this weekend, and my brain was just not even remotely thinking about the uh, <laughs> the questions, the community take question of the week. So what I will do is do the one answer that we got for the actual be. question that he yeah. gave. Uh, just my I thought joke it was funny. question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Chris asked kind of as more to prove his point and be a joke uh does anybody know who neon doctrine is and josh Ayers, one of our patrons says on the community's take chris figs asked in the middle of the show i don't know neon doctrine i looked him up and a ton of the studios who were complaining i've heard of none of them the few games i found that were on psn were six dollars i'm not saying it's bad but if an indie game comes out and is under 20 i have to ask questions on why you think it's worth nothing is your game good maybe but you seem to think it's worth very little which is an interesting take choosing the price for a game is a very hard thing and there's times where i think games are overpriced there's times where i think games are underpriced and i don't really here's the thing i'll say this as a brand new release there are not a lot of fantastic titles i've played that were like five to six dollars on launch do with that information what you will and i'm also not the best group of that because i don't buy a lot of those types of games Um, and i think console and pc are very different in that space i think there might be arguably better six dollar titles hitting on pc than on a console (laughs) um i guess i take some umbrage with his point because i think twenty dollars is high personally i think you i could see an argument for 14 but i really think 9.99 is the sweet spot where yeah i think so too when definitely when you're kind of a, a a newcomer developer and your game is not huge yeah and they're you know not a lot of people worked on it so budget's a lot more constricted you have a higher chance of success at a ten dollar price point yeah i don't know i i just have trouble thinking about games in terms of price and worth if that makes sense because because then you get into these weird spaces with like sony selling god of war for 4.99 not that they have and then why wouldn't you also ask sony why they think god of war is worth 4.99 you know what i mean so i i don't know i don't think judging games by how much they are especially mm-hmm. on the low end really is a great thing because I, th- yeah. I just think it's a slippery slope right um but it, i to be fair it is the at launch but i don't know i just think that's a weird argument yeah i mean it's there's a lot of things i mean you know ps vita is the home of a lot of what I would say smaller type games and a good example of games that are kind of exist in that price range that are sometimes surprisingly good as like those Rattalaika games. Yeah. And they're not amazing games, but I've played some games I have ended up really enjoying. Yeah. Um, so it comes to a weird thing. Yeah, I get that pricing your game low may look like, oh, you don't really value it as much. And I think that there are some games that actually take into that because of what they are. Like My Name is Mayo is clearly like it being a dollar is kind of part of the joke of the game yeah so it's not that yeah they understand that their game is not worth much more than a (laughs) dollar (laughs) but it doesn't really matter you know what i mean uh so it's it's weird i get it but i just think it's every game is going to be a little different Mm -hmm. and there's not much you can do about it so i will say not on this topic but last week's community's take awesome dave brought up the bloodborne in colonial new england and i have not stopped thinking about that uh salem witch trials thing 
that I've oh dude it's a fantastic I started idea. I, I've started like working on like what I, I would like to do like a manga comic of it kind of thing pitch it to Sony nah, I don't Sony, please, please not even that I just want to write it you know how sick like I have the idea of the guy he's just a silent protagonist he prays when he burns the witches like a clear you know yeah references, basically but. referencing Bloodborne constantly without ever actually calling yeah, it Bloodborne exactly <laughs> there you go awesome Dave you're gonna give Chris a uh, a graphic novel idea. Yeah. Hey, if I do it, I'll I'll sign it and send it to Discord. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that would actually be really cool if that's what blew you up. Right. You that would be a good artist. For, yeah. Uh, you know, but that would be really cool, and even have like clear art homages, mm-hmm. so where it's like you're, it's clear that you're kind of looking at Bloodborne for inspiration. Yeah. Well, my whole idea of his design is he has like a face mask over his head. You only see his eyes, and he has like a Paul Revere hat. But the way he wears it, it looks exactly like the Hunter hat. You know what I mean? It's like very <laughs> yeah. down low over his head. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, I would actually really love to see that. I mean, I again, I don't think it'll happen. Even though I would love to see, this is not like a big complaint by any standpoint. It's not even a complaint. It's just an observation. But there's a weird thing where I feel like Japanese games tend to not always, but tend to be very Japanese driven in what they're doing. Like when you're looking at, like uh, I, I was thinking of Astral Chain, and I'm like, you're just playing in like a very Japanese like city, and then playing Scarlet Nexus, you're just playing in a very Japanese-like city. And when you're playing something like Sekiro, it's a very Japanese thing. Now, of course, From have got, like, Western examples with, like, their castle and, like, you know, old knight situations. But I would love to see them move Western in, like, a more modern... Like, mm-hmm. And not even, like, super modern, but, like, looking at, like, oh, well, here's a time period that nobody does. That would be really cool to be like, what if you made a game like that but in this kind of large colonial window of our yeah. history. I'd also like, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but I'd also like the idea of them doing like a GTA style, like open, not necessarily an open world game, but like their same kind of game, but it's in like an actual city and you you play this like ninja who's just super fast. So he only does swords, but he like, you have to dodge bullets and stuff. I just think it would <laughs> yeah. be ridiculous and fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, there's a lot of cool ideas you could do with it, but, uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We'll it see is it what in the it long is. run. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is. Uh, yeah, the value of games is always going to be an interesting thing. And, I mean, we, you know, even Saul and I spoke a lot, and even you and I spoke a lot about the R. It's not that I, any of us thought that Returnal wouldn't sell at 70. It was the fact that we just didn't know. It's yeah. like we don't know we've not seen a game of this style be that price before Mm -hmm. and does that impact sales and we can clearly say that no it doesn't ps5 uh returnal was like second behind i'm trying to even remember what it was it was a very big game uh oh resident evil 8 yeah um for not june but may so returnal clearly sold very well but I still don't think it's wrong for someone to just look and go, yeah, Returnal's worth like 40 bucks to me. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? A game, this is the way I'll say it. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. A game is worth the price that it is being, that you're being charged to play. That's what it's worth. That doesn't mean that's what you'll pay for it. There are, those are two different things. And I think we have to start recognizing that in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, I think we tend to just kind of say it because you're used to it of being like, oh, well, I think this game is worth this. Yeah. Well, the game is worth whatever the person who really made it goes. But you, how you uh, you know ascribe personal worth to something is basically how much you choose to pay right. for it. It's one of those things where like <laughs> like a first edition Charizard is worth a million dollars, and I would pay a crisp seven dollars for that card. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, value is in the eye of the beholder to some degree. Exactly. Yeah, personal value is a very interesting thing. I guess that's what it is, is looking at the fine line between market value and, and you know, consumer value. Like, because consumer value changes from person to person. Market value changes from market to market, but markets are far bigger than individual. Yeah. So if you look and be like, well, in the U.S., they decided that $70 was the price for that multiple millions of worth of market share yeah that's the thing sony thought the order 1886 was worth $60 i spoke with my wallet and i paid two so that's how it works yeah you know exactly anyway all right so moving into the news for this episode just gonna go ahead and warn you it's gonna be a relatively quick episode not a lot happened this week um <clears throat> this is more just here because I think it's so crazy uh-huh. and it goes to show what stuff's at. Uh, so Minecraft, a game that is pretty much universally known as like a kid-friendly family game, now requires South Korea players to be 19 years old or older to play the game. Now, <clears throat> crazily enough, the reasoning behind this has more to do with Microsoft Yeah, uh, because they are... Well, it's it's Microsoft and Korea, but also... Microsoft not updating things to work with it. So <laughs> Microsoft forces players to sign in to play the game now with their Microsoft account to be in accordance with some shutdown law in South Korea, which aims to prevent kids who are like 16 and under from staying up all night playing games and losing a bunch of sleep, uh-huh. which, you know, American kids get, get to do as much as their parents let them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, where the 19 plus comes from is that the Xbox Live account, which you're forced to sign into in that region that region setup requires you to certify that you're 19 years or older to play games. <clears throat> so you're caught in this kind of in-between. Since the game forces the sign-in, it stops you from being able to play it if you're not that age. And uh, I, I really... It's one of those things where I remember whenever I was younger than uh, 17 mm-hmm. for mature games. But on my PlayStation 3 when I was setting it up and I was like 13, I just lied and said I was <laughs> 18. <laughs> I'm like, you know... Could that happen over there? Or yeah. how do you have to certify that you're old enough? Like, right. Is it not like America where it's just like, do you promise? <laughs> if you're lying, there's no real repercussions. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think there's about 100 different websites that think I'm 103 years old. So, <laughs> yo, dude, there's there's versions of PlayStation that think I live in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> All I did was Google some random Japanese address so I could make a Japanese PlayStation again, you know? I did that in, like, Tibet when Mafia 2 was free, and I forgot how to get on that account. Me (laughs) too. Me too. And I haven't even played that game. Why did I go through all that trouble? Dude, I played it and then bought my PS5, sold my PS4, and have no idea what that account is. So I'll never have it again. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, But, yeah, in terms of this, I don't have much to say i feel like microsoft should probably fix that but that sounds like more a crazy korea thing 
Well, it, it feels like it's it, it's regardless of what's going on, it's both of them. It's Microsoft having to do weird stuff because of Korea's laws. I mean, in China, you're not allowed to play past ten thirty. Like you're right. literally not allowed to play games past ten thirty. I don't know if there's an age gap, uh, gap for that. I don't know everything. They're apparently also trying to introduce facial capturing software in, in China so that they can basically watch you play games and identify your <clears> age <throat> and change things based off of how old you are. Wow. Which feels like super creepy overreach uh you know from I'm china what? <laughs> what no yeah. no so, way yeah uh you know the, the story of all stories uh, i think china <laughs> is overbearing in everything that they do in Excuse regard me. to not only games but media in general <laughs> yeah so it's i shouldn't be surprised but at the same time it's one of those things winnie the where, pooh has his hands in everyone's honey okay that's and now China. this show is banned in China. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I, I wear that like a like a badge of honor. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were a John Cena who is me how all the time on <laughs> on Twitter. Have you seen this? No, I have not. You What's should going go. On here? You should go look at John Cena, who is well, officially the creepiest person I've ever seen. The way he's he's like doing. Uh, apologizing hey, look, i will tell you we had a mandarin foreign exchange student no, uh, I no whenever i was in high school Chinese people my bro was cool as can be yeah. love the guy i have a problem with winnie the pooh and tencent and the overreach but we don't have to yeah hold on hold on my problem is not with winnie the pooh my problem is with china having a problem with winnie the pooh <laughs> <laughs> oh bother Oh uh, man! Now I so I have zero clue what you're talking about. What's going on? No, he's. Just, I don't. He's just I still doing a lot of. See anything? He's just doing a lot of kowtowing to China, like a, he apologized for some weird comments in in Mandarin, and then he's just doing a bunch of weird ads, and it's like, dude, what is going on with you? Okay, interesting. I, I mean, he's just whatever very he much in to do. the pocket of it. You know, it's kind of creepy. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you're in showbiz. How easy is it to get caught up in being like, I don't want to do that because I don't believe in that. And then China's like, well, if you want to have this $40 billion market at your fingertips, <laughs> <laughs> you will bow to us. I don't know. We'll see how it ends up being. Yeah. I'm not, you, you know, I've, I feel like I've talked about the point so much that it's just at this point. It was just something crazy. I can't imagine. I'm being dead honest with you. I can't imagine being 16 and not staying up until like, three in the morning every day playing games when it wasn't school time and no, staying up until like 12 o'clock every night even when it was school time sometimes one because you're like i just i want to beat this game real quick <laughs> like no, my my go-to is playing silk road online the entire summer between eighth and ninth grade where every single day i would wake up at noon skateboard and hang out with my buddy until six eat dinner start playing at nine o'clock silk road and would play until six in the morning <laughs> and then i would go to bed and i would repeat the day and to think that my summer full of that would have not existed had i just happened to be in the wrong country yeah i don't know man i still stay up far too late and play video games so this wouldn't work for me i stay up far too late podcasting <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually this is some of this is one of the earliest podcasts we've done it is interestingly and enough it might be done before the usual uh, 12 31 a.m 
Yeah, we'll definitely see. All right. Uh, um, next thing up, Cyberpunk 2077 continues to be resilient as ever with the game earning the number one spot in PS4 purchases digitally on PS Store last month in both the US and the EU, despite returning to the store only nine days before the month end with a modest $10 price drop, uh, which took it down from $59.99 to $49.99 when it came back onto the store. This is amazing. If I'm being dead honest, this game gets so much crap and i think that this is another one of those great examples of the twitter sphere the gaming twitter sphere and the social media of gaming not mm-hmm. being in touch with the average consumer at all and that's been the case with cyberpunk from launch to now yeah i don't know i like cyberpunk and i don't think you should buy it right now <laughs> that's... yeah i can't say right now i haven't played it since i beat it so do what you want to with your money. Um, that's basically where I stand. But it's more crazy to me that that's like, despite PlayStation even even having a thing that's like, if you're on base PS4, we suggest that you don't buy this. Yeah. <laughs> the game still tops the sales charts. No, exactly. It's really crazy. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure CD Projekt Red are happy with that because it means that there's still life left in the game and it gives them that much more time to actually fix it and maybe be able to reap the benefits of fixing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, No Man's Sky did it. If anybody can, I I think my biggest issue with Cyberpunk is there is no path for them that's like No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Their path is to fix their bugs and hopefully release a good piece of DLC. But well, in the multiplayer mode, they depending on it. how they actually pulled it off, did they cancel? Yeah, it? it's canceled. It's not coming. I thought that they were just moved it back and forced on the uh, I could, focused on the stuff first. I'll check, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I want to check too in real time. That's that would be really interesting. Multiplayer canceled. Let's find out. Yeah, Cyberpunk CG Project Red has confirmed it has canceled plans yeah, for a standalone right. Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer game. That is unfortunate. Oh, standalone. I didn't realize it was standalone. I thought there was going to be like a... Uh, like a mode. Not saying that I think it should be, because I don't like the comparisons between this game and Grand Theft Auto, but it very much seemed like it was going to be like basically playing the game where you're running around Night City in a Grand Theft Auto online-like setup, or yeah. maybe like a Red Dead online setup. I assume it was just um, going to be crappy TDM mode, so I'm kind of glad. Ooh, yeah. If it was that, I wouldn't have been into it. Uh, that's interesting. I, you know what? CD Projekt Red can't populate their game with pedestrians. I don't need them to try and do it with with actual players. <laughs> with other players? Yeah. Yeah, that would be really weird, too, if they kept the city basically empty, but it's just you <laughs> and a bunch of other players. <laughs> Unless they go full blast, right? And they have it where it, you know if you see anybody else that's another player. Cyberpunk like, mag. Magger punk. I, I thought of it. 256 player matches. You get into a map full of 256 other people in Night City and you just do what you can. Yeah. It would be really weird still. It would 256 be. people in a city that big would feel weird. Barren. That would be like a ghost town. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Still, it would be interesting. I guess just to wrap that up, like I said, it, Cyberpunk is really good if you can handle the bugs. But if you can't, you should probably wait until next year when the PS5 version shows up. I'm really curious how many bugs are still in the game. Like, genuinely curious. The last thing... I have not looked into Cyberpunk since I platinumed it. Th- this is the only time I think about it is during the show. But the thi- I saw like a YouTube clip that was, Cyberpunk is even worse now from like two weeks ago. So, 
Well, that doesn't bode well. It does not. Even <laughs> if the guy is full of crap, which he probably is, because that's clickbaity as hell. Uh, oh yeah, it I mean, definitely can't be good if you can make that. So, I uh, see this. Look, this is all I'm saying right here. I'm not saying the game's not buggy. Is buggy? I'm not even saying it's a good game for, uh, from general standpoint. I enjoyed it. It sold really well. It's interesting. Do with that information what you will. Exactly. <laughs> That's, that tends to be the, the gist of the show. Do with whatever information we present to you what you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, while on the topic of CD Projekt Red, though, they've announced that the next-gen upgrade for The Witcher 3 is set to release later this year, though they did not provide a release date or window, uh, with some free DLC inspired by Netflix's adaptation of the property to boot for not only the next-gen versions, but also the last-gen versions as well. On the <clears> DLC, <throat> they also did not go into detail there, so it's un clear how much it's going to be like maybe just skins of where you can make Geralt look like soups yeah (laughs) (laughs) or or if uh or if there'll be some story it'd be cool if there was like actually like a little mini storyline that was like inspired by something there yeah I had heard it was just armor sets so I mean that makes the most sense in all honesty yeah I mean, it's still free, so it's not like you're going to be upset about no, it. I mean, it's exactly. just extra content. Uh, it'd be kind of cool if there was like a very short mission to get the armor set. Yeah, that would be uh, nice. That had like some kind of reference or nod toward the show's multiverse. take on the characters. <laughs> um, Is that what we're going to do? Are we that? Are we that point? Multiverse everything? I mean, I, I believe in the multiverse in real life. So yeah, multiverse everything. To be fair, I do as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, at this point. Or at least I, I'll say I, I think that there's a very high probability of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Listen, all I have to say uh, is free will doesn't exist, which means I will download this game and still hate The Witcher Three. That, that's so funny <laughs> too, because that is 100 percent true. You will download this game. I will completely replay it again, most likely, I and you will just game. sit there and go, "God, I hate this game." I will get to the Bloody Baron, which is the best quest of all time in any video game ever. Well, thankfully, it's pretty early on in the game. Yes, for you. that's the thing. They should have done it at the end. Maybe I would have enjoyed <laughs> you less of it, it. <laughs> but it would have been there. The Bloody Baron. Yeah. Great well, quest. in case anyone was worried, the upgrade is 100% free to anyone who already owns the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they say more information is coming soon, I'd according s- to the press release. I definitely have paid for it, though. I'm that guy. I'm that idiot. Yeah, you have. $9.99? You, you okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you would have paid for it to download it and still hate it. Yeah. That's to, the funny part. Just to prove to myself the game sucks. But now I got $10 behind it so I could say it with absolute certainty. Dude, like, like I've said to Blake, I want a Platinum Red Dead for the same reason. That game sucks, and I want people to stop pretending I haven't played 40 hours of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's See, that's an interesting thing. I think if you play the game, even 10 hours, you have enough to be like, this game sucks to me for this reason. Yeah. You're not wrong. You can't be, unless, unless what you're saying is wrong, unless the reason that you're giving is just patently false. Yes, and I don't think it is patently false to call Red Dead a drawer-opening simulator. <laughs> oh, man. All the button context sensitivity problems of that game is one of the times where I'm like, controllers need more buttons. Yeah. I'm so mad that everything... But then again, I'm going to tell you, man, I've played games with button context problems where there were buttons that were barely used. And I'm like, why would you not put this important action that I do all the time on that button on something I hardly ever use instead of putting it on the same button of another thing that I use all the time and there's a good chance that both of those things would happen within an inch of each other and I won't be able to do what I'm wanting to do. Well, dude, that's like... (laughs) apex 
Reload is on Square. Revive is on Square. Open Door is on Square. Loot is on Square. Pick Up Death Banner is on Square. Open Death Box is on Square. And I get what they're doing. It's like Square is the interact button. Yeah, but when you're trying to swap a body shield and your partner is right there, so then you end up reviving and then you die because you can't swap body shields, it's yeah, dumb. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. When there are other buttons that you can double up on besides Square. Right. Game developers, listen. Yeah. I don't Stop use, putting so much crap on <laughs> one button. I don't use triangle very much outside of holstering my gun so maybe you could have put it there <laughs> that's what i mean it makes so little sense and i'm just i'm to that point where i i'm so bummed that they took away the ps3 ps2 uh button like uh, pressure sensitive buttons mm-hmm. there's so much that you could do where it's like oh well if you actually press down hard on the button it has a different reaction yeah and that way it's like well if you just tap square to do the thing that you're wanting to do great if you hold square and you press hard that's a revive yeah, like, exactly. Even if, if you're going to put crap on the same buttons, at least give more use to the buttons by making them have different stages. Because, I mean, that's what they're... I find it so weird they took it out of the face buttons just to put it into the triggers. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to put stops in the triggers so we can make triggers basically four buttons instead of two. It's also because you feel the triggers more, you know? It's true. I think the biggest problem with pressure-sensitive buttons is it was a little hard to tell how hard you're pressing it. Yeah. Like, are you just fat fingering it? Like, it, every time you press it, you're doing a hard press? Well, it's the same reason where, like, I guess I won't make a joke community's take here, but, like, has anyone ever walked in a video game? Like, outside I of, certain- like, outside of, like, you're being a little cinematic in a GTA, like a, like a douche for 10 minutes. <laughs> but no one ever is Slow like, walk. I'm just going to make Alan Wake walk slowly. You know, you always run because you fully press the, the, the stick. I hate. I, I never got that stuff. Yeah, but I think it's weird because I do find myself in games wanting to be able to control my movement a little bit more. Like I wish it was a gradual scale. Mm-hmm. And I think here's the thing: it's it's always about NPCs though, and it's because games still do not standardize NPC matching your speed or you matching the speed of an NPC. One, there are games that do it. Thankfully, like Ghost of Tsushima did it. Uh, there are other games that let you do it where you just you start holding, you like hit a button a few times to speed up, and then you hold it, and you'll just follow behind the NPC. Because there's nothing worse than being told to follow somebody, and you're so much faster than mm-hmm. them that you either have to constantly run, stop, run, stop, because they're just running so slow, and you can't make yourself run that speed. <coughs> Red Dead Redemption I, Two. I, <coughs> Sorry, I had something <laughs> caught in my throat. Like, yeah, yeah. I get a rock star at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I just I hate that. That's like one right. of those things where right. when games don't include that, I'm like, why? What is your problem? No, Definitely when it's triple A, you know? No, exactly. It should. Yeah. All right, let's see. That moves us on to basically the the <laughs> the bulk and slash end of the show. Uh state of play recap. State of play so, recap. So First thing, yes, uh, we got to see Polyarch's sequel to Moss. Wait, can I, can I aptly titled Moss Book Two? Can I stop you quick? Because we haven't acknowledged sure. that I've been telling you guys about this state of play for th- four weeks. Okay, hold on, <laughs> let me back up. Sorry, Chris, like four weeks ago, said that there was going to be a state of play on July eighth. I did. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm very happy that I was right. So, whether that was like through like clairvoyance or like 
predetermined. What is that? Pre-recognition or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I think of it? Uh, Pre-cognition. of the future. No, I, I, I saw some leaks. I talked to some people. And I had heard that it, this was how, the leaks were true. And yeah, the I interesting ran with thing it very hard. Is that I've seen, I saw it from a couple of other places too, after you started bringing it up. Like, not a lot, but yeah. a little bit. But almost everybody thought it was going to be like a big event, which I will say, compared to the last few state of plays, this was considerably bigger. more. But it still didn't feel big. Whatever you, like that, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a personal thing, but. It, I, this felt bigger, but still small potatoes. Yeah, I mean, it's right? it, It's not as big as the August 12th one's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know if you're being facetious or what. No, um, I mean, yeah, I've heard a Chris rumor of August 12th, and I've also heard that it could be delayed, but it will be in that time frame. So I'd say August 12th to the 20th, you can look for God of War 2 and Blue Box games. I'm just saying, look maybe at when that app maybe. launches, and maybe there'll be something that day. Maybe. I we'll don't know. See. I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, Chris. <laughs> anyway, uh, Moss Moss looks good. Did you? I didn't play Moss. Did you play it? Bro, you haven't played Moss? Well, I can't use my PSVR as I know they you can't still now. have not sent it to me. Chris, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. I'm going to send you my camera adapter <laughs> so that you can play Moss. Because I joke you not, Moss is one of the best PSVR games I've played. I believe it. I like it's it. really fun. It's cute. It's got a great story. It uses the idea of VR in a good space where you're able to be present in the story without being the story. That's cool. Like, the, of course, if did you see the, how it showed the little like Kabuki mask looking character that kind of looked like faceless or yeah. whatever from um, No the, Name? I yeah, No that's Name. That's what his name was. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So when you're looking at that, um, that's like your character, and you can and. It's interesting because it's like you get to be part of the story and it's like you get to be like this third person, omniscient person, but the story just still happens. It just happens that Quill is aware of you. Cool. I like and that. And like she'll just kind of look at you and interact with you and I don't know. It it puts you a lot more in the story, but it's also really cute, really well told and really interesting. Perspective switches where like you've got to lean your head forward and look over to find like hidden areas in certain platforming sections so that you can find little collectibles and whatnot. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So I, I'm... I'm glad it's coming. I kind of would have preferred for this to be announced alongside like the PSVR follow-up that they're doing for PS5, but I imagine it will probably get a port for that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was. this is a, probably not a native PSVR 2 game, so they wouldn't want to show that with a PSVR 2. Sure, and I think Moss ended up being really big and getting ported to basically everything, so I think it'll happen again here. Yeah. They'll just basically do an upgrade. I agree. So... I think that that'll be cool. I think I'm actually going to hold off to play it uh, because I find the camera adapter to be kind of sluggish and just a pain in the butt to have to use. Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to wait and see if by the end of the year we have any kind of release window-ish for PSVR 2 to determine if I'm going to play it on PS5 with the current headset or not. Gotcha. Fair enough. So we'll we'll see. We see what um, we see. But it's, either way, it's cool to see Sony showing continued support for PSVR. Like, they've been doing it. It's just... I'm glad because it means that there's a much higher chance that they're going to really highly support PSVR 2, or whatever we're going to call it, mm -hmm. uh, because even with PSVR kind of aging out and being really behind tech-wise, they are still the market leader, amazingly. Um, though that that's starting to shrink. Um, 
and I'm glad that as the market leader, they're still being like, we've got to we've got to lead the way. We can't drop the ball here because PSVR could have easily just been another Vita, and I think that they've done enough to not have that happen. I agree. So, uh, Ilphonic. The dev behind Friday the 13th and Predator Hunting Grounds, in case you didn't know. So typically they're dealing with like asymmetric multiplayer. Yeah. Their new game is called Arcade Again. Good name. And it's weird. It looks to me like a Fortnite style loot based shooter. I don't know. It looks a lot like Fortnite. That's. I've never played Fortnite, so this is strictly off of what I've seen of Fortnite and what I've seen of this. Yeah, um, I don't know. This didn't look very good to me. It does. I mean, it looks stylistic, not a style that I'm like super fond of. Yeah. But I'm not going to act like it's not stylistic nonetheless. It's just something that doesn't really scratch my uh, my fancy. Yeah. But I mean, I looked at I looked at it, and it's 19.99, so I will never play it. But if it had been free, <laughs> I would have definitely given it a shot. Yeah, which kind of goes into something later in the show. But, uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about that one either, so I'm going to go ahead and say Tribes of Midgard is uh, <laughs> got an update, uh, which is 10-player survival action RPG uh, that will have post-launch seasons, similar to like you see in uh, plenty of other games at this point, but even looking at something that's a little more similar to it, something kind of like a uh, Diablo, where you have continued seasons that have different objectives and goals, different armor and stuff that you can own, uh, basically work toward. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's an interesting idea for this service type game. So, you know, that we're like, that's a new thing that's just, it's not going to go away anytime soon. So I'm not surprised at this take on it, but I don't, I'm not necessarily impressed, but I'm also not like, uh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't, it didn't look very good to me. So it just didn't move the needle for me. Yeah. It was like, a, it, it felt kind of like a lull in the state of play. Yeah. Yeah. And, I guess also on the fact that it came after Arcade Geddon or whatever, it was like two lulls in a row where I was like, I, those don't speak to me at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, I don't know. I stopped paying attention for this one. <laughs> well, the good thing for me, I'm curious on you, is that the lull was broken pretty quickly uh, by an update on the China Hero Project's Fist Forged and Shadow Torch, uh, which is like the Metroidvania-style game that's got the basically like steampunk bunny with like a robot arm that's massive oh. uh, looks awesome it's yeah, looked it looks awesome right. every single time they've shown it off uh, i think it looks <clears> really cool um i've been impressed with most most of like the china hero project stuff they've shown when they re uh, re-announced um um lost soul aside and showed the new gameplay for it it looks fantastic it looks really cool ambitious for the team size it may not be the best game in the world uh, and it does have to live with the fact that it got hyped so much with the initial trailer from the single developer before it changed scale pretty much completely. Um, so I have a feeling it's probably not going to live up to expectation, but I think it'll still be a really good game. Yeah, it seems like a Biomutant, like a solid 7, 6, that area. Yeah, we'll definitely cool see. That. So I'm curious to see where this is at. But it's cool that this is like another like right around the corner kind of thing because it's September seventh. Yeah. So that's good. These are this is the same type as like Dark Souls games where I buy them and think I like them. And this Metroidvania. Is, yeah, and this is one that I'm just <laughs> not going to even bother with personally unless like you buy it, you know. And I oh, I'm absolutely it buying it. So then I'll now it just comes down to whether it, I buy it physically or digitally. You're free to buy it physically because I genuinely don't care. But I will play it if you buy it digitally. <laughs> We'll see, because digital purchases for me don't come out of my pocket. They come out of my 
<laughs> PlayStation <laughs> rewards account. Fair enough. So you can you can thank that for Deathloop as well, which <laughs> we get to in this eventually as well. Yeah. Uh, next thing up is updates on Sifu, which is the next title from Absolver developer Slowclap. It looks a lot like Absolver. Absolver is a great game. I don't know if Absolver spoke more to me when it's initial trailers because it had a very interesting art style to me. But Sifu just kind of looks okay to me because i feel like i've seen a lot of games with this visual <clears throat> flair yeah i don't know i i'm sorry i don't have much to say right now but like it didn't move the needle for me at all i i started watching it this is the one with like the weird like counting in it right basically like you age yeah, yeah as you I, die yeah i completely shut off on that it was com- very confusing and i was like eh, it's I'm not going to play that. Yeah, I don't blame you because <laughs> it's it's the same for me. And I really loved Absolver, which is interesting. I think Absolver is a really cool game and a unique game. And it takes the idea of dying into play as well, mm. but not necessarily like <clears throat> this. And that's good. You don't want the same game twice, but I don't know. No, this is just, it, it fell f- flat for me as well. Uh, next thing that they showed was that Jet the Far Shore, which seemed like it's supposed to be like a space exploration game that is trying to eschew the whole combat and resource extraction mm-hmm. of games that are like No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous and be a little bit more, I guess, relaxing. Yeah. And like trying to do it in a non-combatic way. It's, I don't know. It looks like a hard game to describe to someone. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of... Um Escape the Sun. I don't know if you ever played that. It was like some weird indie game I owned. Um, was it Escape the Sun or was it Race the Sun? Race the Sun. You're right. Yeah. I think another podcast I listened to had said Escape the Sun got it in my head. But it is Race yeah, the I Sun. Yeah, I remember Race <coughs> the Sun. Uh, I never played it, but I remember it. I remember people talking about it. It's fun. I like it. On. Yeah, it, it kind of gives me that vibe, but it also kind of gives me... Have you ever played Flower? No. Okay, Flower was uh, that game company where basically you're just a cut. Like mm-hmm. you're a, you start as like a single pedal and fly through and gain stuff. And I only say it looks like that in the sense of like it has a very wide like angle lens and like you're kind of seeing everything from a bird's eye view and you see a little ship flying around and kind of catching stuff. It's I guess it's the way it gives me vibes for its take on exploration, except you're doing that from planet to planet instead of just being in a field where you're eventually collecting all the pedals, mm-hmm. you know? It's interesting. I think that's what it is. It's interesting. Yeah. It was enough to make me look at the game and be like, based off of what more they show, I could care. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely buy this because I really like Swords and Sorcery, which is these guys um, who did that on iPhones. Swords and Sorcery. Sorcery. Um, Sorcery? Yeah. I, it's the way it's pronounced. I don't know why it's pronounced that way, but it's an iPhone game, um, and it's really good. So I'll definitely really? give this a shot, yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay, hold on. Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery yes. EP? Yep. It's great. You should play it. Play it and report yeah. back on the next episode of Triangle Square. Uh, hold on. Is it free? I doubt <laughs> it, but it's very I good. I doubt it as well. Interesting. What kind of game is it? Um, like an adventure game? Kind of. I, and see, now that you're saying, I don't remember. I've played it a lot. It's very old. But, so like you liked it, but it's been so long yeah, since you played it. Yeah. Oh, it's on Steam. Yeah. Oh yeah, I bet for eight dollars. There you go. I think it's worth it, but it's your money, my friend. <laughs> oh, here's an epic fantasy cooperative board game. That's not what I'm looking That's for. That's definitely not right. It might. It's the indie adventure game created by Super Brothers and Capybara Games. Yep. Huh. Did I make up sorcery? No, I didn't. That's definitely right. 
Yeah, Sword and Sorcery. Yeah, no, it, it's correct. It's just there's another Sword and Sorcery board game. So it makes it a little harder to <laughs> figure out. It looks like it's on sale. Also, on Steam. Swords and Sorcery is a different video game from like 1985. <laughs> they could have chose a more original name. That's what I want to tell them. They could have. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the team at all. It's a cool looking logo, though. Yeah. I, I hope you end up playing it because I think you'll like it. I'll try to. I mean, it seems like it's probably a relatively short experience. It is, yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay with that for eight dollars. I mean, that's maybe I can catch it on a Steam sale or something. It's we'll see. on fifty percent off right now. Bro, <laughs> wait. So it's normally eight, so it's like four dollars. Uh, let me see. Or is it normally sixteen and it's eight dollars? <laughs> it might be normally sixteen. I wouldn't be surprised on PC. Now we'll definitely see. I'll see if I can make time for that. That sounds like an interesting idea. Yeah. Swords, and I'm going to have to write that down somewhere where I don't screw around and forget it. Because I know I will. <laughs> Swords and sorcery. Okay, cool. I'll see if I can get to that before we record next week. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Uh, after that, we got to look at the Demon Slayer game, which actually looks pretty cool. Uh, I, I guess I'm getting it, we're getting to this point where I feel like anime games are finally starting to look good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about that, but like Scarlet Nexus looks good. It does look good. So I'm excited because for a long time I always felt like games that were trying to do that anime look just would miss the mark more often than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like one of the only games I think ever really just felt like it was like, oh yeah, that really nailed it. Uh, did you ever play the PS3 Afro Samurai games? I did not. Our game. I know of it. It yeah. looked fantastic. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, Fighters looks incredible. Yeah, <clears throat> Fighters looks great. Uh, Fighters makes me bummed out that they didn't choose to go that art style with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was like, you have the perfect art style here. Someone's finally perfected video game Dragon Ball. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Actually, as crazy as it is, and I do think Fighters looks fantastic, and as a modern take on it, yes. But um, Ultimate Battle 22 back on PS1 looked fantastic because it kind of had you know how old fighting games would basically just pull it out where it was almost like little animated cutouts and do it it felt 2d so it looked a lot like the show but it was really highly detailed even if the backgrounds weren't so the characters look great i guess where fighters really nails it is that it not only looks great with the characters but the environments look fantastic as well i agree uh yeah. fighters is awesome Fighters is awesome. And <laughs> um, Axis Games are an interesting company. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have an... I, again, I apologize. There was not much for me in this show so far because I don't care about this. It looks yeah, nice. That's honestly... I was going to ask you at the end of everything, like, you know, how did you feel like this hit for you? And I'm going to be honest. Same thing for me. As much as a lot of people... Look, we'll just quickly get to the next ones. It was Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to Judgment, hitting on September 24th. Looking Looks forward fine. to that. If you're a big Yakuza fan, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yes. I started Judgment, and I did like it. And now that they're doing this, um, Judgment is going to play more like traditional Yakuza, and Yakuza here on out is going to be like a turn-based JRPG. Yes then this is where you are uh it looks fine i don't know if i'll ever get around to actually playing it because i definitely want to beat the first one first but mm -hmm. we'll see you should the game looked really good though it did look really good like <clears throat> i was surprised at the scene of the dude standing up in the courtroom i was like bro this lighting looks fantastic on this guy this looks like if it wasn't for like the lip sync and all these other things being just shy of off <laughs> it looks really close to like realistic it does i agree with that yeah 
Uh, so we got that. We got Death Stranding Collector's Cut. Uh, collector's Cut. Collector's Edition. <laughs> Looks fine. <laughs> director's Cut is, is what it is. I don't know why I wrote the wrong thing, but yeah, Director's Cut. Uh, looks good. Uh, also weird because it, I think everybody expected, and, we, and of course we expected new content and whatnot, but the upgrade fee is only $10. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Especially with, yeah. it seems like a lot of content in there. It does. There's a racing game. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm very curious to see how good the actual driving I mechanics know. are. I will say I did find it funny where they were like, a jump. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the bikes. For the bikes, and stuff. yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, cool. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, I love that game, and I'm definitely excited to play it again with even more combat options. Uh, I think that's the right call. Um, and then there's a lot of like, it's interesting because I love the story so much. The little flashes they showed of like, oh, um, here's like a tombstone and getting to see a picture of like a baby. It's like, what is this? I need to know. So that's getting me. So Are I'm you, excited uh, for this and I will definitely I'll definitely figure a way to get this. I think it's only $40 brand new. Yeah, I think you're right. So as that's someone who's never played Death Stranding, I'm going to predict the DLC story. And that baby, <laughs> that baby is the clone of Solid Snake. That's like the original. And oh this boy. is a, like a, a pre-Metal Gear game. Yeah, because as we all know, uh, Kojima is just so eager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Is, hold on, is this is this through PlayStation owning the? You know, basically beginning to use the license. Listen, or is this working? All with I'm gonna say is that this game is going to end with Sam Bridges stepping into a blue box and it cuts to black. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Chris, your trolling <laughs> is getting excellent. I do my best. Oh, man. Okay, and then, of course, lastly, um, more gameplay from Deathloop. And I'm going to tell you, Deathloop is the most exciting thing of this yeah. whole thing for me. Death I mean, Eternal. I, I will say, De- Director's Cut of Death Stranding was cool. Yeah. I'm excited for that. But the actual thing I'm most excited to step away from here is probably Moss and then a bunch of stuff that I didn't really care about besides Fist. It's weird. It's like it started strong, lulled out, had a strong center, lulled out, and then ended strongly. Yeah. For me, uh, Deathloop looks fantastic. I'm such a huge fan of Dishonored that even for the people that are like, well, it just kind of looks like more Dishonored. So? Yes. <laughs> but but so. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want. Um yeah, I um, I'm actually not the biggest Dishonored fan. I do like yeah. it, but this game does make me want to go back and play Dishonored. It looks awesome. Did you ever play Dishonored two? No, I only played Dishonored one, and I think I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop lying. I like Dishonored one, but I found the no kill run for the trophy annoying, so I like oh. it less. <laughs> yeah, same same thing is true in Dishonored two, but Dishonored two is a it, Dishonored one's a good game. I love the game. It's a good game. Dishonored 2 is perfection. I believe it. It's so good, and it's like the scope and scale. Like, you know what made Dishonored so fun, the first one, for PS3 too, is impressive. The idea of like kind of go your own route, but you, it was still fairly linear, so yeah. you only had a couple of things to go. Dishonored 2 is so big, and the scope is so big, and there's so many different ways to approach everything that you just do what you want. It's probably the most a game has ever felt made me feel like I was in control. Yeah, of what's happening. Yeah, and I think that's important. It was one of those very. It was a very, Jesus, I can't speak. Sorry, guys. It's a linear game that felt open, which I like. Like you could go th- anyway, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, and just take that to the nth degree for Dishonored Two, and then really like 
super fine tune the gameplay and then let you choose between playing more like Corvo or going with a completely new play style with Emily. Bam. Yeah, it's. I actually have not gone back and played as Emily. I do plan on doing that. <clears throat> I just wanted to continue Corvo. Yeah. Uh, because of all the first game. But yeah, I love that game. I really want to go back and play it. There's this part of me that would love to see that game get like PS5 <laughs> upgrade treatment. It will never, it will not happen. I don't see it. If anything, it'll get Xbox Series X treatment. Psychonauts 2 isn't even getting PS5 treatment, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, hey, hey, yeah, it's I, interesting. I understand I, where you're coming from because I will hang myself when they announce the Fallout 3 remaster exclusively to Xbox. I will cry. I mean, it'll be on PC as well, but you're going to have to miss out on those sweet, sweet trophies. I was about to say, why do you think I'm upset? Because I can't play it? <laughs> I'd be upset because I can't get the Platinum again. I feel, dude. I Trust me. It's There's going to be a couple of games coming soon that I, it's going to feel really weird. I kept waiting to see what Starfield was going to be before I made any kind of real thought process over what might be the case with Elder Scrolls 6. I 100% believe that Elder Scrolls 6 will be exclusive now. Yeah, And at some point, I'm going to have to deal with that. <sighs> well, I think as Colin says on his show, I think it will be on PS5 because Game Pass will be on PS5. And I've been saying that. So I agree with that, too. I don't know like day one, but I think it will eventually be yeah. on PS5 um, because of that. I mean, it, I, I think it seems so weird for anybody who thinks that they aren't actively trying to get on PS5, which I don't think a large group of people think that, but people do. I think the clear end goal for Game Pass is every system it can be on. Yeah, exactly. It'll it'll happen. So, um, but Deathloop I, looks great. I'm very excited for Def- Deathloop. Well, like, there you go, and you don't even have to pay ah, for it. Ah, thank gosh. <laughs> Game shares are us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. Because lately I feel like I've been paying back all the games you've bought for a while <laughs> where I was just not doing anything. And here lately I've got so many points built up that I could buy like the next four games probably and not even spend a dime. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the trade-off <laughs> on our relationship, right? It's like I spend like $40 on 10 games regularly where you spend 60 on the new thing. So I'll take the trade. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you can play Doki Doki Literature Club and Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 if you want. But <laughs> Yeah, I saw you download Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and I was that's why I was wondering if you were going to say if you'd played it at all this week yet. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Or if you were just downloading I played it, and I went, oh, I shouldn't have bought this, and I turned it off. It's a very old game. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what and I was doing. It's, so I... And it's nothing like... People see, like, you know, the new Dark Alliance game is based off of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Uh, It's kind of like a continuation of that. But Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was nothing like Baldur's Gate. They're very old, uh, what are those, CRPG-style games where it's just... It's hard to get back into them. I loved them as a kid, but as an adult, I don't know what it is. I, I don't have the bandwidth to get lost in them. I just get annoyed eventually. Like, I played Pillars of Eternity. Good game. And... Good lord, I could not stand it. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. I think Divinity is still the crowning jewel. Yeah, I think Divinity is probably the closest to that style of game on console that's really worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, dude, Pillars of Eternity just doesn't know when to shut up. Everybody just talks, <laughs> talks, talks, talks. And I'm like, bro, stop. I love play that, the game. Though. 
I like. Reading. I get it, but I don't know, man. I, I it made that game so boring for me, and it felt clunky to play to begin with. That yeah, it's just one of those interesting things. Uh, what do you hope to see out of the next? And this is going to be the community stake, but I'm kind of asking you because I think it's interesting. Say that this August one happens. Yes. August what are you 12th. hoping to see out of the August one? Um, like more so than like what you want to see. If I had to, I, or what you think you'll see, what do you want to see? Like since this one didn't move the needle for you at all, what in the next one would make you be like, okay, yeah, that's what I needed. Um, that's hard for me to say because I, I I don't know. They could do anything, right? Like. For me, I just want to see games I have any interest in. I know that sounds very not vague, not a vague answer, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I think there's a reason that you do these stuff like Trials of whatever that was, yeah, Tribes of Midgard and Arcade Again yeah. on their own thing. Because <laughs> why would you show them at a big stage? So I hope if oh, they do yeah. something with a big stage, it's just worth the time. Show me more God of War. Show me more Horizon. Give me a release date. And then, so you think it'll be a big stage event, or do you think it'll just be another state of play? I think it'll be called PlayStation Experience, yes. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard the rumors about PSX coming back. now, And I keep saying, like, you know, is it going to be real PSX? No, I, I think it'll just go? be a live show. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if that's, like, their new version of E3. Their yearly conference that's the big, like, here's all of our big knock-out-of-the-park reveals. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think is going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if PSX came back in a less tumultuous climate. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, fair enough. I think for me, because I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, yeah, the, the real vague answer is more games that really speak to you. Um but I think what that comes down to is the age-old E3 problem of having to have a big breadth of games yeah. to where you're going to have something that interests someone at some point. Like, this didn't completely fail. Like I said, there's there's three games that I've never played and then one game that I've played before that I'm excited to play again that were shown. But out of eight games shown, that's half. Yeah, that's fair. You know? Or I think it was eight games. But yeah, it's just... I would prefer it to like kind of at least do the thing where like even if I'm not interested in the game, the way they present it doesn't lull me. Yeah. Because uh, I think we actually I did I completely skipped Hunter's Arena Legends. That's fine. <laughs> but that's okay because <laughs> that was so boring. It's, and the way the guy was talking, I was like, "What is this? Yeah. It's going to be free on PS Plus. So Ooh. the chances of me trying it or they they exist. They're probably <laughs> not high, but they exist." Uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, I want to see really more than anything. I want to see new games. I think part of what happened here is that only one game mm -hmm. was completely new. Like we didn't know about it in any capacity at all. And that was Moss yeah. book two. Um, everything else has been talked about elsewhere or shown elsewhere. Are we just known about it? So I think that's part of it is it gets to feel like it's little mini updates and it felt like I didn't really need to watch this in real time, which might be okay. That might be what Sony's going for, but I would hope that if PSX does come back as a namesake for like their yearly event, that at least the goal there is to have people feel like they need to be watching it in real time live and that if they miss that, then they missed out on this cumulative factor of being excited with everybody. And yeah. I don't feel like this state of play was that. No, this is this is a state of play that kind of shows why people get frustrated at state of plays, you know? Yeah. But well, and I think because people get frustrated at Nintendo Directs too, not as often, but 
yeah, I think that this is part of this like micro size thing, which I'm glad that they show it that way. Because even if you're like, uh, it's you're like, well, that's kind of how they present it. And I like, I also really like how they go into each one of these now, being like, no ifs, ands, or buts, guys. We're not going to let you get excited about something that's not going to be shown here. There will be no See, God of War. There will be no Horizon shown. There will be no talk of PSVR two. Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. What I agree with you. I like that they do that, but they're going to break that eventually i guess they're gonna have to what i'm or or they don't ever break it with state of play but they they don't do that for because the moment you do that for psx if ps is a psx is a real somewhat e3 like event for them right even if it's just a single showcase the moment that you do that you ruin all of the wonderment that goes through people's minds of like what could happen yeah, I don't know. That's the thing is I don't. I just think eventually they're gonna be like, "Hey, this is a really cool idea of a way to surprise people," and then they're gonna be like, "No God of War, no Horizon, no new now." Some some one of those things, and then it's gonna end with like, "Well, one more thing. Why not?" And then it'll be like a God of War release date. You know, I feel like they're gonna ruin it that way, and then we're gonna go back to this. Well, it might still be there. The rumor says. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Though you can only get the, you can only pull that off once, right? Right. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying is eventually they're going to let the genie out of the bottle and then everyone's going to be pissed off every time because they're like, "Well, we could have done this and we didn't." <laughs> well, yeah, they said no God of War, but they still showed God of War that one time. Right. So even though they say no PSVR 2, we'll probably see it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a weird one, as as it tends to be. Cool ideas tend to suffer from the fact that you still have to exist after the cool idea. It is a cool idea to be like, we're not going to show something and then show it anyway, but then you have to live in the world where everyone expects you to show now. So unless it's, unless you're going to do it like your last ever state of play, <laughs> then you're, you're going to have to live in that world where the next time you have a state of play, no one believes you. Exactly. That's unfortunate. You know, it's like, it's like we talked about with Spider-Man. It's like, at any given moment, a cool idea of letting the genie out of the bottle, once you can't get it back in there, it kind of just hampers everyone's experience a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, We'll see. Did you... Uh, I, I don't think that you were actively talking because it was in the podcast discussion of the Discord, but this is where we're in the episode real quick. Yeah. Um, did you ever play uh, Infamous 2? Yes. Okay, so did you see where we were talking about the machine that's in Infamous that lets you... Uh, share basically conduit powers with someone else where you have to choose between Nyx and um, uh, Quo. Yeah, I remember. So that was like my big thing. Of, it'd be really cool if they find a way to do something like that where basically Peter can bum <laughs> Miles, Miles' Venom power by like basically hooking up to a machine. And I, kinda, I was like really thinking, I was like, I'm a little surprised that Marvel's never put that in anywhere. And, like, would people be mad if Insomniac took the creative freedom to introduce that themselves? Like, not the exact same thing, but basically a way to extract power and give it to someone else. Um, I think you don't... Okay. This is just me, my opinion as someone who would write... You're a far bigger Marvel fan. I'm a far bigger Marvel fan. that's actually why I wanted your opinion. And I think maybe I'm being pretentious when I say this, but, like, as someone who would write, I would never include something like that because then it becomes... It becomes something that is always there as a threat right like if 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 you have a machine that can give spider-man miles's powers then what logical reason is there that 
you wouldn't eventually get that machine stolen by Green Goblin and then Green Goblin takes Spider-Man's powers, right? So, like, I would never do something like that because I feel like that that's a threat that doesn't need to be there. And I think that's the same thing with Spider-Man. Like, Interestingly, you know what, though? While we're sitting there talking about Spider-Man, I'm actually thinking the um, amazing Spider-Man. What was it, actually? What was the last? Because the last Spider-Man comic I've actually read. Uh, I know was what the you're talking about. You're talking about Superior Spider-Man. Superior, yes, uh, where it ends with the body switch, yes. which is technically just the same thing. Anybody can ever just switch into someone else's body and be them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, because you, you are right to a degree that you either have to act like it never existed yeah, or you have to just go forward because even Infamous, I've talked to, I've, I don't think I've ever talked in the podcast, but I've always thought it was so weird that Infamous Second Son doesn't talk about that machine at all because Delson would be the primary target for that machine. Everyone would be a target, right? Mm-hmm. You'd always want to be like, well, I've got this power, but if I can find this person, I can get their power at least and have two powers. Yeah. But if your solution is, oh, I'm a conduit and I can at least get one more conduit power, uh, oh, well, what if the power I steal is Delson's ability to absorb any other conduit's power, therefore I am the machine in real time, Everyone would be trying to get Delson, capture him, and steal that power from him so that they could just be the most powerful person. Yeah, that's that's why they never talked about it again. <laughs> yeah, which it that's my that point. sucks because if, realistically, if that's going to be your last infamous game and they never intend to do it again, you should have put that in there. I agree because you don't you don't have to deal with it anymore. But you make that the interesting thing of why Delson's an interesting person that people are going after because the story they actually give is not very no, good. No, it's not. Infamous Second Son is not great. It's a fun game, but the story's bad. It's a fantastic game. <clears throat> Terrible story. Yeah. Super bad. First Light's Terrible. better. First Light is much better. Infamous 2 is probably the crown jewel of the series, but... I agree. That's, you know, there we are. Why couldn't you have just left it alone, <laughs> Sucker Punch? Why? All right, Chris, thanks for joining me, man. Like I said, uh, for everyone else, the uh, state of the Community community's state. take question is, what would you like to see out of either the next state of play or if there is going to be a PSX event that comes back as like a big reveal, what is it you want to see? You don't have to be very specific. You can if there's something specific you want to see. But, you know, if the answer is like new IPs so that there's something new to be interested in, if you want it to be all new reveals and no updates, you can go as vague or as specific as you want, and I'm interested to see what people say. I am too. So let us know. Chris, again, thanks for joining me, man. Let's go get some sleep. Uh, we did get done ahead of my normal time here, <laughs> so I feel good about that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get the episode up as soon as we can once I get it edited. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you all next week, but remember... You can go and follow us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD or on Facebook at Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, which is a group you can ask to be entered in. Um, and then lastly, the Discord, which is linked down in the description mm-hmm. of this podcast episode so that you can be part of the community stake discussions with us uh, <clears throat> and answer the question whenever we go to post it, yeah. as well as just keeping up with what we're doing on the show. Mm-hmm. I will say quick, if you don't mind, before you go into the patrons, if this go is my me. last episode, goodbye. I had fun. <laughs> I hope you guys You'll enjoyed be my presence. My, uh, I try not to swear. So you'll have less swear episodes, but I don't think I swore once this time. I think I came close. I did. Yes, I, I didn't. You I, did. I did this episode. It was me. Let's go. I was the filthy, filthy boy. I got better uh, right no. as I leave forever. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see. I don't really know. So, Chris, yeah, I mean, like I said, eventually you'll be back on. What we'll have to do to switch it up on everybody is I will, I'll have to be like, I'm going to sit this episode out, and you and Saul are going to do a buddy cop episode. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the students have become the podcasters. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> I should do that like the first week that Saul's like, I'm back. I'm like, yeah, I got to sit this one out, man. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be with Chris. Hey, no, I really want. I really want the first episode back if we can swing it to be me, you, and Chris. I uh, mean, you and Saul. Sorry. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris can be there in that situation. Yeah, Chris can be there in that situation. So um, anyway, so yeah. yeah, thanks everybody. Remember, if you want to support the show uh, with more than just your time, which we are always so thankful for, and it's more than enough, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month for early access uh, to certain things, as well as just literally supporting the show so that we can keep doing this without having to dig into sponsorships to pay for things like uh, equipment costs whenever those are needed, as well as just general uh, cost for hosting the podcast. So thank you all for allowing that to happen. For those who uh, who don't have the flexibility to pull that off, we love you. And as always, we shout you out at the end of our episodes. So without further ado, we'd like to give a shout out to our patrons, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, What What, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Hammond Egger. Thank you all so much. <laughs>